When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Opening weekend comes and goes. It's Seminole softball wrap here. Brian Pellerin, Gwen Rhodes. Uh, Knowles hosting the Joanne Graff Classic. 4-1 and one competitive uh, fun loss in game one, I guess. Can I call a loss fun? Is that allowed? I mean, yeah. I mean, you can. It was definitely back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. If, I will say, if anything, uh, you know, four and one is obviously a, a fun start to the year. I think we learned a lot about kind of how they're going to approach both the pitching staff, the lineup, or at least how they feel about it at this point. Obviously, long season, things can change. But what what the initial idea is here, I feel like we learned a lot about it through kind of how the weekend. Obviously, we'll learn a lot more after this weekend, but there's no better place to really start for me than the first game. And I have to start that whole conversation with when we did our non-conference preview, and I don't, I, we don't have to name names, but one of the hosts on the podcast said that she thought Charlotte was a really good team. And she said that we shouldn't really overlook them because, you know, she thinks that they're a really good team. We don't have to name names, but Gwen, you were right on that one, huh? Yeah, I mean... That was obvious to me that Charlotte was a good team and that it was going to be competitive. Did I think we were going to lose to Charlotte? No, but I knew it was going to be a tough game, competitive, that all that kind of stuff. Um, and it definitely was that. I mean, I was obviously it's sad that we lost and, you know, but I mean, I was I think I was overall impressed with um, how Florida State, like, tr- you know, came back and tried to win the game. Um, but ultimately fell short. Yeah, I mean, overall, I I think it's, it's you know, it's obviously game one, so everyone's excited and prepared and thrilled for the year to start, so it's tough to lose the first game, but, uh, you know, one game doesn't determine your entire season. In case you missed it, it was a 5-6 loss, 10 innings. Uh, kind of mentioned it was, I, I guess maybe uh, fun is the wrong word, but uh, nerve-wracking at least, you know, a, a game to really welcome you back to the season, like, oh yeah, this is this is what we signed up for. Uh, it was Emma Wilson who got the start here. She went three plus, pulled in the fourth after giving up a leadoff single. Um, McKenna took over at that point. She cleaned up the fourth, gave up two in the fifth, and a leadoff homer in the sixth. Uh, Ashton Danley took over at that point, ended up loading the bases, got out of it. She gave up three straight singles in the seventh. So then Emma came back in. 
uh, eventually walked in the tying run. She went the rest of the game before the uh, two straight two out hits in the 10th gave Charlotte the win. So you saw a, a big mix here. Uh, Emma McKenna, Ashton back to Emma. It, performance is one thing and we can get kind of into that but I guess what was your major note and a mini major takeaway from the way the pitchers in this one were deployed I like almost immediately my thought is Emma Wilson like not only performance but like usage like I first of all did not expect Emma to start this game um and when she came back in like she was the only person outside of like people on the bench who could come back in, like McKenna couldn't come back in at that point when Ashton was getting into trouble. Um, and I just thought she did really, really well. Um, I think just based on her previous usage in the past couple of years, like, yes, she is, you know, the veteran on the team, but just based on how she's been used in the past, I really wasn't expecting what we saw out of Emma. And I'm very pleasantly surprised. Um, I think, with going from Emma to McKenna, you know, Emma has like a tight spin, like kind of, well, is a strikeout pitcher, of course, and McKenna is that as well, but McKenna's more up and, you know, Emma's more side to side kind of, and she'll use a tight spin to get strikeouts, not really go up or down. Um, so I thought it was a good change going from Emma to McKenna, but Emma, I mean, I mean, sorry, McKenna just didn't really have her stuff on opening night. Yeah, it's a tough first game for her. I mean, um, do you see Emma? I mean, you said you were surprised Emma got the opening night start. Um, you know, at times, you know, you you can see matchup plays, but normally opening night is is you you either put your best out there, you put your these are the I'm hanging my hat on this. Um, do you expect Emma to be doing that going forward? Um, kind of being that lead person? I think so. Like we said, like I said before, like she is the veteran based on years in the program, um, not necessarily on like game time experience, but I, I I think she is. And I think Kocha has shown that now, like not only starting Emma, but, you know, having her come back in rather than going to someone else on the bench. And a couple games later, like versus Texas Tech, she was the woman in relief who was the most efficient. Um, so I think this weekend kind of sh- showed that she can be that person um of course these three teams aren't what we will see next weekend like competition wise but they're still three good teams so I think Emma definitely will be used as like the backbone or like the person that comes in and maybe like cleans everything up um when needed and we'll talk about the the young folks in the lineup here in a second but one more pitching note was uh Ashton Danley also uh, part of this this young group and and not being scared to flip her in there first game competitive first game uh, you know again performance maybe didn't go the way we we would hope uh, with a couple of walks and, and it might have just been jitters first time out there and everything that comes with that but uh, the willingness to be like game one you're going right in there shows you know that they, they see something there yeah I mean everyone who like follows the program and like or the last couple of years or follows recruiting, like, you know, Ashton is good. Like she is the pitcher in this class. Um, and she, you know, is top five ranked kind of recruit. So coming in, like she, you know, putting her in third pitcher in the season, like she was expected to do great things. Yeah. The, the, the youth movement, you know, it was something we, we mentioned in the preseason and our roster preview as something to keep an eye on and, and, Obviously, again, like Ashton's part of that. And then uh, it's it's hard to ignore what you saw in the lineup this weekend from the young folks, right? Uh, Jasoni Beecham, 
Starts at third base on opening night, two for five, RBI. Isa Torres starts at shortstop, two for four with a run. Uh, two right there who, who made a big impact, not just in this game, but all weekend. Uh, and then the opening night was Kaylee Harding at first base, two for five with a run and an RBI. Big notes there from kind of the way way they were used. Obviously, it kind of mixed up all weekend, but to see it on opening night and, and the performances from the two of them specifically. Yeah, I think... Like Ashton, if you've been following the program, following Florida State softball recruiting, like you know how good Jasoni Beecham is. Like that's, I feel like all I've heard the past two months preseason leading up to it is Jasoni Beecham is legit. Like she's not only legit defensively, but she is legit with the bat. And that was very much proven. Like she did not look like a freshman at all. Like I don't think there was one time where it was like, oh, I'm nervous that she's up in this position. Like I don't know how she's going to do like in a pressure situation being a freshman. Not once was I like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going to happen. It was like, OK, I feel good with Jasoni at bat right now. And Alex Powers mentioned this on the broadcast, too. Like she's been coming to Florida State camps since forever. So she is very much ingrained in like the Florida State culture and like how things operate. So I think she did like outstanding. Um, and similarly with Isa Torres, like the past month, I've been hearing like Issa's probably going to win out the shortstop battle, you know, her and Annie Potter, because they're both kind of shortstops. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how that's going to fare. Like, I don't, I truly just didn't know which one was better, her or Annie. And it's very clear that Issa was, Issa was a choice. Um, and I was very excited to see, like, after she got that walk off um, against Texas Tech, like, immediately next game, she's batting second. Like, that not only shows, how confident she is in herself, but like how confident the coaching staff is with her as well. Yeah. I mean, if you look at their first two at bats, you know, I mean, first career at bats, it's, it's Beecham RBI single Torres base hit and Beecham gets thrown out at home. But, you know, you see both of them first time stepping into the box, making an impact and, and playing their roles really well. And like I mentioned, I mean, they were combined four of nine on opening night in, a competitive pressure spot game. It's not like they strolled in and were up like, you know, 10 nothing and they were subbed in as reserves. They were put in as the starting left side of the infield and, and kind of handed the keys to that side of the infield and said, here, go, go take it. Um, yeah. Overall it's a loss, but I think you leave this game one with a lot of uh, interesting things to take away. A, a lot of positives to be happy with and things going forward. You obviously, like you mentioned earlier, you step into game two, and it's not really competitive at all. It's 11-0. You win it in five over Charlotte. So you get your revenge there quickly. Uh, Allison Royalty was, um, are we calling her the queen? We I, I love the crown celebrations of the whole time. So, I mean, it makes sense. It fits. He was a dominant four innings, three hits, five Ks. Mimi Gooden cleans it up with a clean fifth inning. Um, Allison looked great, which is kind of what we had hoped for. Yeah, and I, like, this is what I wanted out of Allison. Like, I knew she was great at Arizona State, and she needed what, she did what she needed to do there um, in terms of picking up for people that left the program. But, you know, last year was kind of, this is your first year in the program. Like, there's maybe some inconsistencies pitching, and, like, there's all these other people that we have to worry about on the pitching staff, and, like, how do we fit Allison in? But I think her and Emma are definitely, like, you know, top two leaders on the pitching staff right now. Um, just in terms of like being consistent and, you know, doing what they can when they get their starts. I think the, uh, the other interesting note was they, they change up the lineup. They move Amaya Ross to first and put Kaylee Harding out in right field. Uh, just, you know, a, a little wrinkle there as something different. 
Yeah, and this, we kind of saw this the whole weekend, just moving around Kaylee, moving around Amaya, mixing and matching the outfield because they knew they were going to keep Jasoni at third and um, Issa at short. So it was kind of like, where does everyone else go? And, you know, Kaylee Mudge is not 100%, so she was out of the lineup. And it's like, who do you fit in to left field? And, like, Hallie Waycaser didn't have an outstanding first game, so she was taken out of the lineup as well. And it's like, where do we put all these people? And I think that kind of showed itself a little bit defensively because there were some errors that were made just throughout the entire weekend. Um, And I think over time that will solidify itself. Like, it's not going to always be like, oh, my God, where does everyone go? But it definitely showed itself a little bit this weekend, for sure. And I think it helps with the, the depth and the ability to mix and match and move people yeah. around. And, and kind of like you mentioned, if someone's not really rolling, you can throw someone else in there. If someone's banged up, you can throw someone else in there. Um, you know, honestly, if I was going to label this game anything, it's Allison balls out. And Kaylee with seven RBIs is kind of hard to argue with, right? A three-run homer and a grand slam. And was it back-to-back at-bats, I believe? A pretty, pretty good start to the year for her on the second night. Yeah, I was just really glad that like whatever happened to Kaylee defensively or whatever, it you know, it didn't affect her bat at all. And she was the Kaylee Harding that we've always known. Yeah, she she was swinging it all week. And the uh, the the defensive errors came up in especially the Saturday win over Texas Tech. That's a nine eight win, the comeback walk off winner in the seventh that you mentioned before. Um, I before I well, I'll go lineup first in this one. So the lineup obviously had a big game, scored nine. Mm-hmm. Um. Janai Kerr was kind of all over the place. She had a three-run homer herself, four RBIs on the day, run scored to go with it. Amaya Ross homered in this one. Uh, but I, again, it was, if I really boiled it down, I would say it's it's Beecham and Torres here for me, especially in the seventh, right? Because you're up, and it's kind of like you mentioned, right? You, you weren't nervous about it. They're in a spot, you're down one, two outs, two runners on. It's a chance where very easy for a freshman to say, hey, this is my spot. I'm going to be the hero full count. I'm a crush. This is what I dream about. And she, she takes a walk and, and just moves it on to give Torres the shot to two pitches later, win the game with a single. And, and it's a spot where it's like, it's very easy to do too much. And instead both of them just did the, did, did their jobs. Yeah. And you think about like, we've had veterans in this program in late innings or where they're down and they need something and they even like think too much and they're like oh my god I need to make up for lost time or whatever um and to see like these two freshmen especially like we can't harp on it enough like they're they did more than what a freshman would do but like just having the trust in themselves and each other where it's like Jasoni's like okay I'm gonna get on um and walk because I know Issa's behind me and she can do what needs to be done. So it's like that relationship between themselves as well that I think um, was on display. The one other person I I feel like I want to mention is, and it's based off of the last game that we just talked about. And this one was Amaya Ross. It just, um, you know, I think her name has been pinch runner over the last few years. That's kind of the click, right? But, you know, hitting a homer in this game, another two hit performance, uh, playing right and first base again. And like I mentioned, the rest of the weekend, she kind of kept doing that as well. But uh, I feel like she really shined in this in this weekend and, and especially in this game. Yeah, I think so, too. And like last year was kind of the OK, let's you know, we're learning Amaya Ross and what she can do. And I feel like this year is going to be the Amaya Ross year. Like she is here and this is what she's doing. Um, but I guess my only like question on that is like, is how does she fit everywhere else? Like we know we want her to line up. But, like, where does she go? Like we saw her at first base, we saw her at right field. Like, what is that going to look like for the rest of the season? Um, 
And because we know she's going to be in the lineup. So it's like, you know, because we want her bat and her speed, where does she fit everywhere else? Yeah, and, it, and it, it, the versatility of first right field, you know, where where you can kind of mix her in. I'm sure you could probably swing her to left field in times. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the options are great and, and the versatility of it is great. And, you know, if, if her bat is is like this, it's going to be really, like you said, really hard to keep her out of the lineup and really one of those players who can be a driving force, you're just like, gosh, I mean, you're looking at six, seven deep in this lineup and you're like, oh, it's just, okay, well, it's like the, one of the fastest players on the field and she might hit a home run against this. Great. That's no problem. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of just making this team so dangerous. It, it's, it's really, um, you know, going through each of these box scores and kind of looking back like you were doing before and kind of like refreshing each game. It's like, anybody can beat you on this team. And that's where you keep going. Like, okay. So we, we talked in the pre-show uh, or the preseason show about, this team's depth and veteran leadership. And it's just like, even the freshmen, the young people, the people that only had 13 starts in what, almost a hundred games for Amaya. It's like, it just, it's just, okay. Well, they could beat you so many ways on beyond that. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you watch the game, these, this last weekend, like you, or you follow them on social media, like, you know, their motto is like four one, but the one is spelled out. Oh, so and it's like only need everyone or something like that. And I feel like that's always been Florida State's motto. Like, it's not just one person, it's everyone. Um, and that's that's what we saw this last weekend. So I think it's perfect. Yeah, the, the one area that they continued to struggle in this game was obviously the pitching circle. Uh, Danley got the start, obviously went right back to her here, giving her another opportunity. Struggles to finish the first. So Emma takes over at that point, gives you another strong three innings, worked around a leadoff triple in the third. I think the only trouble she really got in was a, a solo home run. So, you know, live with that one bad pitch, no big deal. Um, McKenna takes over for her at that point, and, and it really be, kind of becomes the uh, error show at that point. You're, you had a three-run lead. You, you give up a run, so you have a two-run lead on a sack fly. Uh, but then a, a ground ball eats up Kaylee at first and um, kind of keeps the inning alive, and Texas Tech takes advantage from there. It's an RBI single. It's a two-run homer. Down you're down 8-6 really quickly. Uh, and then Allison, uh, Allison was when I actually gave up the home run. But... Uh, defense I think more than anything kind of cost you in this one after Allison's initial start or uh, Ashton's initial start um at I, I think that's part of the growing pains of kind of figuring everything out you just hope to get that out of the way early and kind of settle in from there yeah and I think what I've learned watching this program the last several years is with an inexperienced pitcher whether that's freshman or they just haven't gotten a lot of time like Kocha has a plan for them if they start it's not just like throwing them to the wolves or like whatever like it's you know very situational so like with Ashton like she was doing really well and you want to see her stay in but coach's plan probably was if you get more than one runner on I'm taking you out kind of thing so something like that you know or if you last two innings or something like that you know coach probably had a cap on whatever Ashton was going to spend um in the circle so unfortunately the the defense like couldn't keep her in the game, but I think she did outstanding. Yeah, that first inning was a walk, a strikeout, a double, second and third, a double with an error that allowed another run, a ground out and a single. And then from there it was, okay, let's make the switch. Um, the and Any other major note from this game? Um, I think... You know, McKenna Reed only lasted an inning. I, I I don't think she was having her best day or like necessarily even her best weekend. Um, but 
we all know what she can be, and she did really well the last game against FAMU or, you know, better than this Texas Tech game. But I think once she gets, you know, I think she hopefully can realize that, like, it's not all on her, like maybe a lot of people thought it would be um, this season. Um, And maybe once that mindset changes or whatever have you, um, she can be the McHenry we all know. The uh... – it, it, and watching, I, I was rewatching the her inning, the the kind of fifth inning here where the where the wheels fell off. She wasn't particularly. I mean, th- there was nothing in there. Where I was like, okay, she's so struggling. You know what I mean? Like, I, I she was going to shut down that inning if that ground ball gets fielded and stepped on first. Like, okay, one run, no big deal, no sweat. You give us a couple innings in the middle of a game against a, a power five team. It's not like Texas Tech is a slouch of a team. Um, you know, you can take that and move on. You're up three runs already. When she comes in, like. Up three, it's fine if you give up one, especially on a sack fly. Like, that's fine. Yeah, limit the damage and get out of it. I also think, um, now that you mentioned, like, Texas Tech being a Power 5 team, like, this Texas Tech team is made up of Florida State coaches. Let's remember that. Like, these are people who (laughs) know the program. They know, like, how coach works. They know some of the players, that kind of thing. So it's like, this was supposed to be like a difficult game. You know what I mean? Because just the, the, the level of knowledge between the coaching staff. So yeah, I mean, you do want to be a team like Texas tech who was unranked, but like you said, they're a power five team. They're in the big 12. Um, and they have people who know this program on their coaching staff. So. Yeah. They know how you operate. They know what you're trying to do. They know the thought process. They probably can say, you know, this is the plan for Ashton. If we can get, you know, two people on, She's coming out like, you know, I we knew that in advance and that gives them a little a little bit of an edge. You probably know the same, but, you know, to that extent, it, it kind of takes away a little bit of your uh, advantages there. Sunday, you see this team really kind of get back in the groove, it, play Florida A&M two games there. And you combine 17 to two is the win there. The first game was Mimi Gooden going five shutout innings. I thought she was great this weekend. I mean, obviously, she didn't give a run, I don't believe. Yeah, I, I think I said this when we were previewing the team kind of, you know, I didn't know who Mimi Gooden was until they announced her on signing day, but I knew everyone else. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I truly don't know what this is about. But um, I was really happy to see like not only she came in a game prior and lasted like an inning to close it out or something like that, but I was really happy that, you know, Coach A trusted her to go the whole game. And, you know, sometimes we see Coach A take out a pitcher who's doing well in the last inning to give someone else a chance. But she um she didn't do that she had a complete game I, I of course it was only five innings but it's still a complete game um and she only gave up three hits which is outstanding and for a freshman to not only give up less than five hits or what have you she didn't give up a run at all either so yeah and I, we mentioned in that preview episode show we were talking like you never really know right like it, it can be highly ranked recruits it can kind of be anybody um and that's not to say like you know mimi is going to be pitching like game one of the wcs wcws or something right but i mean um it's it's the options that you know coach likes to have and mm-hmm. and that she pitched you know two different spots this weekend performed great in them i mean this one she allowed five you know three hits two walks no big deal five four strikeouts one hit batter like she pitched great um mm-hmm. and again it's not like florida a&m is a team you expect to see playing uh in the postseason playing for in, in oklahoma city or something like that but uh it's options and, it, and it's her ability to give you you know, something different, a different look, a, a new perspective. And, and that adds to it. You also in this game get your first Area 51 visit of the season. 
Uh, and then Beecham gets her first home run. So I think two two big swings there that you like to see get that kind of first one out the way is always uh, some reason important. Yeah, and I think I think we need to like have a name for Beecham's home runs because we have Area Fifty One for Michaela. I don't know if it's a play on beach or something, but I feel like beach she balls. Need, I think she will need one eventually if you catch my drift. I just think she's going to hit a lot of home runs. Yeah, hopefully. And that's what you were alluding. That was the big, that was the, if you understand what this very secret alluding to I'm doing. Here. Yeah. Beach balls. I mean, what do we got? Beach. I don't know. Okay. Well, put we'll the, put the comment people. section on it. If you're listening, get in the comment section and come up with something good. And we will, and Gwen will take it straight to FSU softball Twitter and make it take over. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I note here, the positions, right? You had Harding at third, Amaya back at first, Beecham going to DP in this spot. Uh, and then, like you mentioned, Torres jumping up to the two spot after the walk-off. I thought that was pretty important. Yeah. Um, this game, also the first Florida A&M game, also had Kaylee Mudge back and yes. Holly Kaser, which was great. Um, Kaylee had some really solid line drives. One was caught, um, but I think she was hitting the ball really well. Um, and we can just see, I guess. She also had some good defensive plays um, in this game that, in the first game that she was in, didn't really show themselves. I think just because of her limited time due to injury um, that she probably could have made before. So, hope, I mean, I don't think a day or two changes the status of her health, but I, it's nice to see that um, she was kind of seemingly back to her old self. Yeah, that does uh, always good to see. Mudge was uh, the DP in game two on that weekend too, on the uh, Sunday game. So that's an eight-two win. Uh, they go back to Ashton here. She gives you three innings, two run ball. So you can see it. They keep giving her the ball back there. They're like, no, you're going to figure this out. You are important. Uh, figure this out. And, and she did three run, three innings, two run ball. Nothing you complain about there. McKenna looks like McKenna again, four scoreless innings, six strikeouts. I think it's a solid day in in the circles. Kind of what you were hoping for. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then uh, the lineup, I think you get Torres back in the two spot, Beecham at third, Amaya at first, Harding in right field. I mentioned Mudge in the, in the DP spot. Uh, Harding, Beecham, and Dev Flaherty each drive into. Mudge is, contributes number seven there. So you kind of got it from everybody. You, you can see the big the big winners of the weekend for me, Harding and Beecham making an impact again. Um, you kind of got it all over the place here. And you can see Torres is kind of fitting well in the two spot early. Yeah, I think... Now that we've closed out the weekend, I think just what my questions or what I'm interested to see moving forward once like lineups get solidified and things like that is a like who comes in as a pinch hitter when it's needed. Like, is it Katie Dak? Is it Amaya Ross? Is it um, Angel Angeli Bueno, who we saw a few times? Like, yep. who exactly do they want it to be, or a few options? And that's also dependent on like who the DP is and things like that because. We saw this weekend, like Kaylee was a DP, so it's like who goes where kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think my my biggest interesting point of view would would be like who is that pinch hitter? Because you know when Katie Dak came into the program, I was thinking, oh my god, Kate, and she was for a little bit. Like Katie Dak is going to be in this lineup every single game, and then it turned out she wasn't, and she was like either DP or she was a pinch hitter. And I think like I want to see Katie Dak get consistent at bats because I I know she's good. Um, so I'm just interested to see where that goes. Yeah, I think overall this it, it's a it was a good weekend, a fun weekend. Obviously, the loss in week in, in game one hurts, but I think you leave it with a lot of interesting storylines. And 
Lord knows next weekend you're going to figure it out very quickly. The the, the magnifying glass we put on all of it as you head here to Clearwater and, and that invitational with the teams on the schedule. And I think to me, the where I where I'm looking is the pitching staff, right? Who is who is the answer? Who are the answers? When when this person doesn't have it, who is the one you can go to? And even if it's I just need you to get me out of this inning before I can hand the ball to someone else. Is that Emma? Is that is is McKenna that person? Because I don't think McKenna had a start this weekend looking over what I had. So I imagine McKenna is not going to be your starting person. So it seems like she's still in this stopper role from before. She excelled in it last year. Is that something you can carry over now that everyone kind of has a year to know, like, this is McKenna Reed? Uh, I'm really interested in what they look like this weekend. Where do they get the outs? Because this this isn't going to be, and no offense, you, you said it at the beginning, Charlotte is a good program. Texas Tech knows you very well. Florida A&M is, is, is a good program from right here in town. You know, like, these are good These are good teams. You're facing championship-caliber teams for consecutive days this weekend. Yeah, this weekend will definitely be a test. I have all the same questions as you. Um, and maybe even, like, maybe we see McKenna start, maybe because, you know, these teams know McKenna. Like, she was the outstanding freshman last year. Um, right behind Kat and like you could say for everyone else maybe or maybe not including Allison they don't really know who these other pitchers are Um, like Emma hasn't gotten a lot of playing time and she's seemingly a different pitcher than she has been the last couple years they don't know Ashton and they don't know Mimi so you know it's it's who does coach want to put where based on knowledge from the other teams yeah I'm curious what 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 they put out there Right. Mm-hmm. Like who yeah, obviously Stanford, I think we wouldn't we didn't match up with Stanford. I think I remember that, right? No, we avoided them because it was some kind of weird thing. Uh UCLA obviously was a was a someone that didn't match up because of the week the round one loss there. And then Georgia was your super regional opponent. Tennessee you faced in Oklahoma City. So you do have teams familiar with you. You do have teams that are I mean, UCLA is the lowest ranked team of the group here. Uh, you know, Tennessee's two, Stanford's three. Georgia's six, UCLA's eight. I think uh, Florida State's seven, right, in the newest polls that came out this morning. Yeah. So, I mean, you're matching up with another top eight team here every single day, and it's it's going to be very fun. It's also a very fun tournament. Got a plug, come yeah. on down. Come hang out in Clearwater. Great city, great town. Uh, as someone who works in Clearwater, that's all. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I was telling you before, this is a, a really fun weekend. The games are ESPNU, ESPNU, ESPN2, and then the Mothership on Sunday night. Um, it, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, any any of these teams have a, a big note from this weekend that stands out to you that you, you want to push on here? Yeah, I've been waiting to say this. UCLA was not good this last weekend. Um, they had a, They had a tough opening weekend. They hosted Oklahoma State and Texas, so two really great teams, but... They lost to Texas their first game. Then Texas came back the next day and run rolled them. And Oklahoma State did the same thing the next day. So you maybe you can expect a UCLA, UCLA loss, like looking at these three games, but you don't expect UCLA to get run rolled twice. Um, so I'm very interested to see how they fare, not only in Clearwater, but like against us, because I think this is a very different UCLA team than we've seen in the past. Um, I... I'm pretty sure Georgia won all their games this last weekend. I'm not sure where they were, but um, from what I saw, they beat Purdue, Purdue a couple times, that kind of thing. Um, Tennessee, I think, was in Baylor. 
if I'm not mistaken, or they played Baylor at least. Um, so I, Georgia hosted Murray State, South Dakota, Murray State, and then two games against Purdue. Yeah, and I I do believe they won all of those. Yeah, they um, did. And then all State, all generally low scoring games. Looking at it. Yeah, and then Stanford. I I think they either lost once or twice, but either one of those games had the Najri Kennedy game. So. Um, and they lose, they lost a power five opponent. So it's not like they lost to a mid-major team or something like that. So Stanford, you know, they can lose with Najri Kennedy. Like that's not out of the picture. And I think that goes to a lot of it being people know who she is now. Um, Stanford was three and two on the weekend and at, at uh, San Diego State. They beat San Diego State, Minnesota, and UC Santa Barbara, three, two, or three, zero, three, zero, and three, two, and lost both games to Kentucky two to one and three to two and eight. So they scored no more than three in uh, any of the games they played this weekend. So I would imagine it's kind of similar to what they look like late last year, low scoring. You just got to score on, uh, on them. Yeah. And I think last year and maybe a little bit this year, like they just relied on Najri Kennedy to shut down when she needed to. And like, if the offense could scratch a winning run or two, then that they were fine with it. Um, but with them bringing in Taryn Kern from Indiana, Anna and like her being the power hitter that she was like I don't know if they really expect that this year or at least they want maybe like a run or two more cushion wise but yeah we'll see if Stanford is kind of like similar to last year and then Tennessee is going to be great I think no matter what so yeah we'll see yeah Tennessee's weekend was in in Baylor like you mentioned 15-0 3-2 over Baylor and then 9-1 over Baylor so um you know a team we know can score. That's, that's no real surprise. It's pretty, I would say that's pretty standard for an SEC team. You'd agree. Yeah. And they have the pitching too. Like they bring back Peyton Goshall, who was really great last year. Um, and then the SEC freshman of the year and Carlin Pickens. So, um, and I think they have some people coming back also, and maybe like a freshman um, on their pitching staff, but I know their pitching staff is good. So they are very like complete. They're probably like the most complete team, obviously with their high ranking out of the four teams. So presumably we'll keep our every other week schedule. Uh, so if you're watching this weekend, to help you out here. It's Stanford. That's the Thursday game, 4 p.m. Eastern. So um, I say Eastern like most people aren't Eastern, but maybe you're Central or I don't know West Coast. Uh, which is I'm still I'm still figuring it out when I'm still figuring it out. Uh, UCLA. Eventually I'll stop asking you when you're like, how about noon? And I'm like, which would be three my time, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, UCLA is the Friday game. That's a 1 p.m. start. Georgia is the Saturday game, 10 a.m. start, so you can wake up, have your coffee, and watch the game. And then uh, Sunday is, like I said, on the Mothership ESPN game, you've got the 8 p.m. game, the primetime game, the big slot there. So, um, you know, I guess be ready to have a little less sleep Monday morning for work, or maybe it's a quick game. I don't know. But uh, an 8 p.m. start in a a tournament could be a little later than 8, but we'll see. Um, Hopefully the weather cooperates this weekend. I think check last time I checked, it should be fine here. Uh, and then the following week, it's FIU, uh, FIU, Nichols, Nichols, and Charleston Southern. I imagine nothing major there for you. No. No. Okay. So our next time you probably hear from us will be two weeks from now, which looks like the 26th, somewhere in that range. Uh, and we'll be preparing you guys for the tournament up in Gwen's region, talking about what happened in Clearwater and kind of get you ready for that Pacific Northwest trip. And then, of course, the Fort Myers weekend. The weekend after that, uh, any notes uh, elsewhere in the country? Someone not on Florida State's uh, 
you know, next two week schedule. I mean, we kind of talked about Stanford, Tennessee and, and the like, but anything else that really caught your eye? I know, like you mentioned, uh, Texas had a couple big big wins this weekend, as did Oklahoma State. Yeah, I think Clemson and Florida are probably like the first that come to mind. Um, I know Florida lost to um, Oregon State, I believe, um, or no, either they were down in they were down in Tampa that tournament that had them Oregon State, South Florida, and Illinois State. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Oregon State, but I could be wrong. Either way, they lost. Um, but it just, it wasn't because of like, their pitching wasn't good. I, their pitching was really good. Um, it was Michigan. Oh, Michigan. Michigan was also there. They beat um, Oregon state one zero game one and lost to Michigan in game two. Yeah. Michigan. Um, and that's kind of like the, the typical suspects down at that tournament this time of year. Um, but yeah, I think Florida will be rocky this year. I think that's kind of everyone's consensus for Florida. And then Clemson did really well. They were in clear water. Um, at the NFCA leadoff classic. Um, and they had a matchup against Tennessee that I'm um, no, no, Tennessee's coming to them. Sorry. Um, <laughs> they didn't, they're, they're playing Tennessee later. I, you can tell, I mean, I kept, I put away. you, I did put you on the spot here. So their, their weekend was Missouri state, Indiana, Liberty, Oregon, and Missouri. Yeah. Oregon was the game that was on MLB network. Um, and then Missouri beat them. Cause I believe yeah. Missouri, Missouri went undefeated this weekend um so Clemson already I mean we obviously don't play them in the regular season but it's always good to keep tabs on what they're doing um because it's presumably that we're going to see them in the ACC tournament so they did good this weekend um I think they have a really good solid team um and we'll see how they fare in the ACC yeah they uh they're heading to Mexico this upcoming week for a tournament there fun trip yeah and I guess the Oklahomas of the world, I guess we could talk about. They obviously went undefeated, but it wasn't. Oh, they're good? Wait. Yeah, you didn't know that, Brent? I didn't. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't for lack of trying. Um, you know, I they had Duke, which was a tight game. Yeah, 3-0. Um, down in Puerto Vallarta in Mexico, which is where Clemson's heading. So Oklahoma is still Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, Washington, another 4-3 here, I'm seeing. So yeah. uh, close games. Um yeah. Good teams, close games. So maybe they might lose one this year. Who knows? Yeah, and the Washington game, I do remember that was like a very controversial win because I believe it was Washington had a runner coming to tie the game and she was tagged out at home. And upon review, it looked like the runner was safe, um, but they called her out. So um, Oklahoma won. Ah. Yeah, I'm trying to look through the log here. I missed that one. But, oh, yeah, sixth inning. Go ahead, run. Tagged out at home. Yep. Hmm. All right. Well, good to know. So uh, if you were if you were positioning Florida State kind of in the mix uh, in terms of these top teams, obviously very, very early, but, you know, you, you still think they're still in there. They're still a one of the better teams. No one freak out. No one panic. No one run around in circles screaming fire or anything. Yeah, and also you just, like, have to remember, like, it's literally the first weekend, like, you can run around and scream fire if you want, but like things are going to change. Things are going to get more solidified, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, some programs look better than us this weekend, but you know, also maybe look at their competition for some of them. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I, I don't think it's panic alarm button. I don't think it ever is. Um, especially in 2021, like our offense was not the best, but we still made it to the women's college world series kind of thing. 
Um, maybe it's another year like that where there are some questions that need to be answered places, but you know, we're always going to figure it out. So I wouldn't yeah. Especially this weekend. I think we learn a lot this weekend, really get a, a, a figure out your gaps, right? Even if this weekend goes poorly, you figure out your gaps and you figure out a lot about your team and, and you plug it in. Um, but I, I think this is going to be a fun weekend. I think they're, they're plenty capable of having a fun, fun time and, and being on the big channels and everything. Everyone gets a chance to see them all across the country and including right here. So, yeah. And I, I, I just think like, because of this last weekend across the country, I think next weekend looks very different for Florida state or like the expectations maybe just because like I said, UCLA lost and Stanford was kind of rocky kind of thing. So as daunting as this looked three weeks ago or whatever you want to say, I don't think it looks that way anymore. No matter how you slice it, I think it's still teams that they're still the teams that are going to be the ones competing to go to Oklahoma city, the teams competing to host regionals. Uh, so they are important wins, obviously important yeah. games to to pad your resume, host regionals, host super regionals and, and be ready to go to there. But I'm really excited to see who shines, who's ready, who is who's going to, you know, grab this team and go, let's go. Let's go win yep. this thing. Let's compete. So I'm really pumped. I know you are. And uh, it should be a really fun weekend. So uh, like I said, it's the 12th. We're recording this. Next time you probably hear from us, we post two weekends from now. So probably around the 25th, 26th type stuff there. Um, anything you want to add before we wrap it up? No, we don't have a personal section this week, but we'll probably have it next time, maybe. Yeah, a little fun stuff. Your your dad cleaned up at the uh the first pitch banquet, right? Yeah, he did. Okay, so maybe we'll go through. We'll do like a like a. a, a I, it's not really a shin haul, but right, you know, she in she in haul. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You knew it. Um, one of those. So maybe we'll do that. It'll be our OOTD, but um. Instead, it'll be like a home plate. So we'll see. So we'll we'll run through it, see what Gwen got, all the fun stuff. Um, but until then, later, y'all. That's a wrap. Bye.